right, so what are your top three Netflix shows right now? What are you watching? Flash, Big Mouth, Arrow. What do we got? Forgot your top three show. Seven Deadly Sins. What do you say? Stranger Things. Yo, that is up there. Give me one. The Flash. Creeped out. All right. So Rebecca and I just finished season two of Making a Murderer. That was nuts. You need to be ready to watch that show. I cannot believe what is going on with that show. That's crazy right now. So uh, if you've ever watched, they have some like those reality ones. What's that baking one they have? Great American Baking Show. I don't know if you ever watched that one. Or it's Christmas time's coming up soon, so they do like that Christmas light spectacular. Like they go around the country with like the most amount of Christmas lights on your house. It's crazy. So those reality shows are cool. I actually knew somebody who was on a reality show for a whole season. It was called Married to Jonas. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. I uh, know who was on that show. And so actually it was interesting because on the show, it's like they were trying to make haters. That's what they were like trying to do. So the film crew's there. They're like, you know, just live your life. And then they live their life. They're like, okay, that was cool. We're going to do that again. We're going to refilm it and like pretend that you're mad at each other. And they're like, okay, but like we're really like not mad at each other. They're like, yeah, 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 but just like do it again and like pretend you're mad. So they like film it and they like kind of pretend they're mad. And they're like, all right, do it again, but like be like more angry this time. <laughs> so it's like they were like, it was kind of a weird experience because they were like trying to get us to like be mad and hate each other, but we didn't really hate each other. I remember, so I think it was just one season that it did it. But a lot of these shows, like a reality show like that or something, they'll have like a hater, that person who's like, uh, like always has the better ideas. They're always talking smack about everyone else. If you've ever watched, any girls ever watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? I know somebody who's like really into that show. I don't, they're like, it's not me. I've never even watched one episode of that show. I've watched like half of an episode, but they love that show. But there's always like one person that's just like, oh, like the downer. They, again, they always think they're better than everyone else. They judge other people. They're the hater. But the thing is, haters are not just on TV or on Netflix shows or something like that. Haters are all around us, whether it's in your classroom or on your sports team or even at your house. Haters, man, they're around. And haters can be really annoying. They're like, oh my gosh, man, do they have anything else to talk about? Every time I see them, they're just talking about how they hate everyone and hate everything. But sometimes haters can be really funny too. They can be like, like yo, I love when that kid's around because like, they just like rip, uh, rip on our teacher, like whatever. They, they, it can be funny uh, what they, who they talk about, what they say. But I think if we're honest, there's a little bit of a hater in all of us. There's a little bit of a hater in all of us. And being a hater really comes down to one thing. It comes down to judging, right? Uh, judging other people, it's really easy to do. In fact, it's natural. We just do it automatically, right? It takes like zero effort to look at another person and point out everything wrong with them, right? It's like so easy. We just do it. And most of us, we recognize like, yeah, I've got some flaws. I've got some problems maybe. But that person over there, and we can judge so easily because we can, we can like shift the focus to that person instead of us. And I think, I think that actually people who go to church sometimes are especially good at that as well. We, we compare ourselves to other people and we're like, man, you could be sitting in a small group and you're like, I have a prayer request. There's this person in my life and uh, they texted me and they're doing this right now and uh, their name is Sarah and like blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, like now we're like gossiping and talking bad about other people. Like we're judging other people. We're like being a hater, even though like we're supposed to be in church and not doing that. So 
Maybe, maybe you're here and you're like, man, I, I mean well, but I think in some ways all of us can be haters. And nobody likes a hater, right? All of us deep down know that's not a good thing. It's not good to be known as a hater or to act like a hater, right? Nobody likes haters. No one uses the word hater as a compliment. Nobody's like, yeah, that guy, he's such a hater. I like respect him so much because he hates on people. Like none of us, no one of us respect or use it as a compliment. Nobody trusts a hater, right? And no one likes being hated on. I'm sure probably almost everybody in this room has been hated on by somebody else. And you know the feeling, it's awful. You don't want to deal with that. So what do we do about it? If hating comes so naturally, judging other people, it's like, man, is it even possible to like turn off those kinds of thoughts or feelings? Well, the Bible actually has a lot to say about judging other people and how we treat them and how we look at them. And so I want to read a story that features some of like the biggest haters in the world. Like if there was a hall of fame for hatred, these people would probably be in it. Like a lot of people are trying to pin whatever. Actually, I don't want to go off. I know it was uh, yesterday was election day. Maybe some of your parents voted. Anyone here old enough to vote in the seats right now? Jaden is, Jordan. Okay, so you guys, liars. No one's old enough to vote. But there could be throwing, oh yeah, this guy over here, it, it can vote if you can't tell by his sticker, but, or by his pen. But, uh, People like are throwing shade. People are throwing hate all over right now in our country. And so I think what we're going to talk about, it's just so appropriate for this time. So if you have a Bible, it's in the book of John. The story is in the book of John, one of the four accounts about Jesus' life. John was somebody who knew Jesus really well. He was like best friends with Jesus, and he wrote about him. He was a big fan. But not everybody was a fan of Jesus, and that's kind of what we're going to read about. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to call anybody out, but if you're on your phone, you need to be finding a Bible verse. And if you're not finding a Bible verse, then you need to get off your phone. I'm not calling anyone out. I'm not embarrassing anyone at this moment. I'm allowing everybody the opportunity to put your phone away now before I embarrass you. Okay. So in this story, the people who I said who are like the massive haters, like who could probably be in the Hatred Hall of Fame, they're called the Pharisees. And Jewish world back then, they were like the religious leaders. They were the top dogs. Basically, they were the people who were super close to God. You know, you go to church and you're like, oh, I bet like my pastor's really close to God. These guys were like eight levels above your pastor. Like they knew all the rules. Actually, that was part of their life. Like Jewish people, they had literally hundreds of rules. You ever heard of the Ten Commandments before? Yeah. You heard of them, the Ten Commandments? Well, so there are 10 commandments at the very base, but then there's literally another 640 rules that they had to live by. And I mean, you're talking about like their diet, like what you're allowed to eat and what time of day you're allowed to eat it and like when and where you should pray. You got a question about that? About the 10 commandments. Let's talk about the 10 commandments in small groups. So the point is that this is a society and a time when like, there were tons of rules to follow, and the Pharisees were really good at following those, those rules, and they were really good at pointing out other people who didn't follow those rules. They were really good at judging other people. But Jesus, on the other hand, Jesus talked about loving people and showing compassion. Jesus, like, valued the humanity of a person more than he valued, like, just following the rules. And so you can obviously tell there's like a tension going on between Jesus and the Pharisees, the, the religious leaders. So there's this story where they want to see, man, they want to see how Jesus is going to respond. So they kind of come up with this story. So it's in John chapter 8. Here's how it goes. I'm going to get it in my Bible. John chapter 8. It says this. 
As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. So hold on. Jesus is in the middle of teaching. He's talking to people about love and the kingdom of God and like you can forgive other people. And so now they try to trap him in this public way. They want to see how is Jesus going to respond. And they said they caught a woman in the act of adultery. Adultery is basically like cheating on your husband or your wife. And adultery, that's a big deal today. I mean, if you know anybody who's ever done that, like that's really frowned upon. That's not good. But back then it wasn't just a bad idea. It was actually illegal. Like you could die for committing adultery. So they bring this woman. They want to see what Jesus says. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? And they were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. So they're trying to trap Jesus. They're like, okay, either we can get Jesus to admit, yeah, she was caught in the act of adultery. We got to kill her. It's a crime. Like that's, that was the laws that we live by. And so it would ruin Jesus' reputation as somebody who preached love and forgiveness and value to people. Or he would say, well, no, like we can't kill her. She's a special person. She's a woman. Like we don't want to do that. And then they would say, oh, well, now you're not even following God's laws. You're breaking God's laws. And so they thought, yeah, it's perfect. We're going to get Jesus. We got him. He's got nothing to say. What do you think Jesus says? Nothing. He says nothing. They were trying to trap him in saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote, in the dust with his finger. He's just writing in the dust. It's kind of weird. Like, John doesn't tell us what he wrote. I mean, Jesus stooped down to write in his finger like, I don't know, he could have been drawing like pictures of cats. I don't know. He could have been drawing SpongeBob. Maybe he was the original inspiration. I don't know. It, it, his grocery list, right? I don't, I don't know what Jesus was writing. It doesn't say. But he started writing, and, and they weren't okay with that. It was infuriating them. It says... Uh, they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and he said, all right, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. So he's like, all right, okay, fine. Yeah, God's law is important. We need to follow it. I understand what you're saying. This person has committed a crime worthy of death. That was the, that's how it was back then. Jesus is like, sure, I get it. All right, I have an idea. The first person to throw a stone, that's how they killed him, was through stoning. He's like, okay, whoever has never sinned in your life, you can take a stone and throw it at her. The first person who's never sinned can come and take a stone. Hold your questions for now. Well, obviously that disqualified everybody, right? There's literally nobody who's never sinned. And so how do they respond it says he stooped that back down in the dust. Again, we don't know what Jesus was writing. Some, some people believe that maybe he was writing their sins because obviously whatever he wrote combined with what he was saying to them was enough to, to change their response. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? And Jesus, he knew the answer. He knew, obviously, they're all gone, but he's trying to make a point. And she says, no, Lord. Um, and Jesus says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Here's the thing that makes this moment so powerful. The only person in this situation who could judge her, the only person who was actually perfect, 
The only person who was qualified to be a judge did not judge her. Jesus didn't judge her. Don't miss this. This woman, she did something wrong. In fact, it was a crime and it was worthy of death and it's still not okay to do today. And Jesus knew that and he acknowledged it, but Jesus didn't judge her. Jesus offered her something else. Jesus offered her grace. He gave her something that she didn't deserve and he gave her forgiveness. Now, thousands of years later, people like us, we still think like the Pharisees. We see other people, we're ready to throw a stone, whether it's somebody in our classroom, somebody on our sports team, somebody in our house, maybe it's a brother, a sister, even a parent. We're ready to throw something at them because we want to shift the blame. We think like the Pharisees do. We want, it comes naturally just to judge people. And we still carry rocks. Now, maybe we don't have physical rocks when we judge people, but we have other things, right? We have things like the eye roll, right? Like when your teacher or your mom says, or like, yeah, your middle finger, yeah, that would be a rock that we throw at somebody like, I don't want to do this. Maybe a text. Maybe you judge somebody through a text. Maybe through uh, something you post on Snapchat or on Instagram or you put on your story for other people to see. You know who's going to see it. You know you put it on there on purpose because you're judging them. No matter what our weapons look like, though, no matter what rocks we're holding today, Jesus' words still have meaning. Let the one who's never sinned throw the first stone, and none of us have never sinned. That's nobody here. If you're perfect, then you can throw a rock and you can judge other people. If you're not perfect, maybe you should reconsider. And so kind of the walkaway point of the story is drop the rock. Drop the rock. Drop the rock. It's simple. It's not easy. Judging comes naturally. It's like what we do. But Jesus is saying, drop the rock. Don't drop the baby. That's totally different, and we value human life. That's kind of what we're talking about right now. So here's how I can help you. If you're here and you're like, okay, sounds cool, Matt. Drop the rock. Don't judge. That's kind of impossible. Look, nobody here has gotten that perfect. Nobody here is perfect at not judging other people. So here's like three little tips for you, three like ways that just some advice I can help you out with judging others. I know whatever you're looking at on your phone has to be the Bible or has to be in your pocket. Cool. Awesome. So here's three ways you can stop judging other people. The first one is this. Stop measuring other people's sin. Stop looking at other people and pretending like you're better than them. That's what we do, especially if you're in church. It's like, well, my life's not messed up. I don't go out, like, uh, doing that with, like, what they do. Like, they're messed up. So I know, like, uh, maybe I'm not really great with God right now. Like, I know I just punched my brother. But seriously, God, I'm not, like, out on the streets every night, like, doing drugs. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. And so stop. we got to stop measuring our sin and pretending that it's worse. For example, you're gossiping. That's not better than whatever your friend did if you're like, oh, her boyfriend, right? That, which, that's not worse than a lie that you told your mom, which that's not better than cheating on a test, which isn't worse than like having a beer underage. Like none of those are, are, are they're, they're all, we, we can't be measuring people's sins anymore and saying, well, they're worse because they did that. I'm better because I didn't do this. You gotta stop measuring. That's how we drop the rock. Another thing is this you got to see the story. That's the second thing you could do, see the story. That person who you're judging, that person you don't like, they have a story. That person in your class who's like kind of smells funny and is like weird and you're like, I don't ever want to be friends with them. I'm not saying you got to be their best friend, but you don't have to judge them. They've got a story. That person who drinks on the weekends at parties and you're like, dude, that person's messed up. They don't care about anything. Well, I'm not saying it's okay, but they've got a story. They have a story. 
that impacts how and why they do what they do. And so even if you feel like, I know what their story is, I know they're stupid, I know I'm better than them, drop the rock because you actually don't know every part of their story and you don't know what it's like to have their story. So I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying drop the rock. And the last thing is this. Stop measuring, see the story, and the last one is focus on you. Focus on you. Jesus, he's talking about judging others in another passage. He's like, how can you remove the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a log in your own eye? (laughs) We all have other things that people could judge about us. None of us are perfect. That's why we've got to drop the rock. I'm not perfect. I can't make this up. And so focus on yourself. And I'm not telling you to focus on yourself because I want you to walk out of here and feel bad, like, man, I'm the worst person in the whole world. No, no, no. The point is to look at yourself, to kind of be introspective and say, God, I realize I'm not perfect. Jesus, thank you for dropping the rock in my life. You can experience what the woman in that story experienced. Like, even though I'm not perfect, even though I judge other people, even though I sin and I mess up and I've done things that are wrong and I'm ashamed of, Jesus, you don't judge me. Jesus, you dropped the rock for me. And when you can do that for yourself, you can do that for other people. When you can show grace to yourself, you can show grace to other people. So that's your walkway point tonight. It's drop the rock. Drop the rock. It's easy and it's natural to judge other people, to be a hater. And like I said, even in this uh, political climate right now in America, that's all anyone's doing. We're labeling people and we judge and we hate. But Jesus says, drop the rock. God, thank you for tonight. God, thank you again for your love. Jesus, thank you that you look at us, God, like you saw that woman, Lord. You know that we've sinned, God. We've done things that are wrong, but Jesus, you don't don't judge us. You've given us grace and love and forgiveness. Thank you, God, that it's not just about following rules. And so, God, I pray that you'd help us to drop the rock. God, the things that we've written down tonight, that we've put in that bucket, God, I pray that that would mean something to us tonight, Lord God. The next time that we feel something like that, the next time we want to judge somebody else, it's so natural, just happens. Help remind us, God, that you love us, Jesus, and that you dropped the rock for us so we can drop the rock when it comes to other people. They've got a story. They have things going on, and so we can just take a step back and love them like you do, Jesus. Be with us the rest of tonight, God. In your name, amen.